Blog Talk Radio. Just seated in Mount Zion, in rules all creation everywhere. with an interview and making a lineup with a young man I met on Twitter. Um, His name is Ben Jammin. We'll find out a little bit more about him, a little bit more about his life. And then we're going to do what we do on this podcast pretty often. We're going to make a live lineup on FanDuel and hopefully win some money in cash. Ben, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Beautiful. Excellent. Excellent. So um, it was kind of a whirlwind romance, sort of, not that we're romantic, but, um, you know, it was just real interesting running into you on Twitter today. I invited you to come on the show and now you're here. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? All right. So my name is Ben Jocelyn. That's my real name, but I go by Ben Jammin. And I'm 27 years old, and I currently live in Westbury, New York. It's in Long Island. Uh, I've been playing about two years, and I started with MLB baseball. Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. I, uh, I, I have a, a, a good bit of friends out there. I grew up in northern New Jersey, cover out there on business. So how exactly did you come across fantasy and you know tell us a little bit about how that came about all right so i was bartending one night when a friend of mine came into the bar and he uh came up to the bar and you know he he just didn't look right and he looked really excited but kind of worried at the same time so i was like yo man what's going on shows me his phone and he's in second place you know he shows me some app he's in second place in a 25 dollar tournament and he's winning something like five grand. And I'm like, I'm like, what is this? What, you know, what are you doing? He's like, dude, it's FanDuel. Um, you know, I built a team out of some players. I don't really know what I'm doing. But right now, I'm in second place. And all I need is, like, a home run from this one guy. I forget who it was. But needed a home run to take first. And it was uh, the end of the night. So he wanted to come into the bar and watch it with me. 
So what happened was we're sitting there, we're watching, we turn the game on, and he ends up getting a late home run, bumps him in the first place. He wins that tournament. He wins a $2 tournament called the Long Shot, and that won him about two grand. So right away I was hooked. And oh, then, my gosh. Right, I mean, that yeah. is uh, that, yeah, yeah. that's insane. I mean, yeah, DFS, DFS is an addiction anyway. I was real proud of myself. I said during the All-Star break, I am not going to play other sports. I am not going to play other sports. And I made it to Wednesday where I did play one lineup of uh, hockey. I was Jones and too bad. Uh, you had to get it in. It, it's it's crazy. So you started playing. And so do you go to school? Do you work? I, I think you mentioned that you might do. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. So, yeah, I'm in school full time in college on Long Island at Farmingdale. And I go for computer science specializing in 3D printers. So what I do at school is I created a, a club, and I'm the president of Printing Club, where we make uh, prosthetic hands for kids who don't have fingers in, uh, in like, war-torn countries like Afghanistan, Kuwait, Pakistan, places like that. So that's I was going to make some school. joke, and then you had to go and make it all serious. Now I can't <laughs> tell my joke. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, sorry, good, man. Good on sorry. You. It, uh, I live a, a serious and hectic life. Yeah, that's that's. Sense. I uh, I give you great kudos for doing that at that age. And didn't you say you work as, as well? I mean, you, you really do have a pretty full schedule. Yeah, uh, I, I work full-time nights, um, so I go to school during the day. I take online classes. I go I go to work at night. I work uh, either four or five days a week. I play flag football uh, two games every Sunday, and uh, between all of that and doing DFS, I have homework and stuff. So I, I try to put out as much information for for people as I can in that short period of free time. Well, one of the interesting things, the way we met is I'm a born-again Christian, and I saw you posted. I, I guess I must have followed you because you followed the mauler or something like that. I don't know how I started following you, but I was, and you posted this thing called the God Lineup. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about? And it, it's it's not sent down from heaven, correct? Uh, well, who knows? I mean, it's it's had a 73% consistency rate. So, I mean, that's as good as I've found. But uh, so what it is is um, there's a website called Fantasy Labs. Um, it's created by CSU Ram and John Bales, two pretty well-known uh, DFSers in the community. They're and awesome. And what it is. They're awesome, oh, yeah, and I yeah. definitely am a member as well. Go ahead. I'm sorry oh, to interrupt uh, you. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, uh, a lot of people are starting to, you know, use Fantasy Labs and stuff, and, and people were telling me that they've been having a hard time kind of figuring out how to use it, you know, because there's a lot of information. Um, it just doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to be able to decode that information, right? Oh, there you are. Go ahead. So there's there's these tools called trends and what it does is analyze uh, statistical data based on historical performances. And so what that means is if you want to find out, you know, how a player has performed when he's been on the, the home team and a Vegas favorite, you know, you'll select those two criteria and it'll show you what the expected points were for that player in the past 
or any player when they hit that criteria. It'll show you the results, how they performed fantasy-wise, and then you could correlate that with future predictions. So what I did is instead of creating something simple like that, you know, I have I have those kind of trends, but I kind of wanted to get more in-depth, right? So this is where I came up with God Mode, which is where, you know, you kind of recognize me. I, I kind of built a following based on this. So uh, I'll just get into right now uh, what it is and how I made it. That That sounds good. Go ahead. All right, cool. So not to talk too much, but... I think it'll be uh, good to just understand that it's a set of um, five or six criteria, and, you know, I started building it up over time. But I found individual criteria that I would be looking for, you know, a good pace, a good matchup, high minutes. So what I did is I took a specific criteria that I liked, I created it, started monitoring it, and saw that almost every single player that ended up coming up under that criteria for the day, ended up performing incredibly well on, in respect to what their uh, pr- projection was supposed to be. Well, and so that, I called it God mode. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish up. No, that's it. I called it God mode because yep. it was and, just, uh, just God explain, explain to me what you mean by 73%. Um, I, I, I want to understand exactly what that means. Okay, so, you know, I'm a I'm a stats guy. I'm good with numbers and, you know, I know sports very well, but when it comes to DFS, um I think you can't rely just on intuition. And, you know, there are plenty of people who argue with me, but um that's what I think. So what this does is it shows a consistency rate of how often the picks perform past the expected value. Okay. So, so 73% have 10 of the guys so 73% of the time that the, the names on that list either meet or exceed value. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Oh, that's, that is awesome. And, you know, my feeling is on the doubters, you know, I'm more of an intuition guy, but I, I, I have fantasy labs because I deeply respect the numbers and intuition without the numbers to back it up is often uh, foolhardy. So uh, my feeling is to the doubters, you know, let them doubt. Don't argue with them because they're going to contribute their money to these pots that we're going to win because we do respect the uh, the numbers. And it's a weakness of mine, and that's why I really appreciated you sharing that with me because I, I, I'm a very simple guy. Things that work, I want to do, and things that don't work, I want to avoid. And it's Can't a principle that. that's gotten me pretty far. Can't argue with that. So um, that that's really interesting, and I think we definitely should include. In fact, let me pull up that post. Oh, by the way, I'd, li- I'd like to just add to that. Uh, sure, go looking ahead. At it, I believe it, it's a 73% consistency rate, but if you look, the expected points for that over the historical time is 20 and the the actual is five, uh, 25. So I think it's saying 73% of the time, those players get at least five or more uh, points from what their projection should have been. Five or more points, or they get five times value? Five or more points. So if someone's projected for 20 points, 73% of the time that they're on this list, they'll get 25 points. 
That is, that's what it's all about because value is king. And especially on tight sites like DraftKings, you know, finding stuff like this is amazing. So I, I think that's interesting. I think your backstory is interesting, and I'm glad I got a chance to meet you. What do you think about you and I making a live lineup together? I think that would be awesome. Uh, I've never done it before with someone else like that, so I think that would be great to try it out. All right. So um, just a couple caveats out here for those who might be listening in for the first time. This is an actual live lineup that we're making. Uh, I already reserved the contest, and the money has been paid. And basically, we're going to split any winnings of this. I normally do this with my partner, the Motown Mauler. We have a over 50% cash rate on uh, GPPs, which is very strong. Uh, doing this, and we do it tend, tend to do it one of two ways. And Ben and I talked ahead of time, and we're going to do the value by position. We're also going to do FanDuel because that is where he does most of his stuff. And uh, I, and I, I don't do quite as much there, but I do like it. And so we're going to do um, that. Now, the one thing I will say to anyone listening, and you should be doing the same thing, while this is a live lineup, uh, Ben and I are going to be chatting before lock because other opportunities might open up. And we're going to adjust our lineup to have its best chance, as you should be with all your lineups. So you ready right. to go, Ben? Absolutely. All right. So we're going to start with the point guard position. And would you like to go first or do you want me to go first on the point guard position? Whoever goes first on point guard will go second on shooting guard and so forth. Sure. Well, if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to go first just so I can just kind of show you ahead of time how I do things. Absolutely. Want to hear that? And then also, uh, I think I did uh, mean to, uh, I neglected to mention uh, we're going to be doing this from the value perspective up. So go ahead, Ben. Right. Right, exactly. So that's what I wanted to kind of showcase is what I think I do differently compared to a lot of the people out there is I start from the bottom when I'm looking at a player pool. I don't start from the top. So I will literally scroll down to the very, very bottom, and I usually do it on Fantasy Labs, but you can do it on FanDuel yourself just scroll way to the bottom and that's where i'll start every single slate correct me if i'm wrong but what we're looking for when we do this because um i went to the dfs player conference in new york and jm to win who's one of the really good fantasy players out there he always starts a lineup this way and this is how he taught us to do it To but what you're looking for is not just a cheap guy you're looking for a value guide that you feel comfortable with is, you know, and also has upside. Is that correct? Is that how you see it too? Absolutely. And it's funny you should mention that because I was actually there and I spent a lot of time with JM that weekend. Oh man. So, we might've um, met and not even known it. We, I was we're we're the going to have to talk. We're going to have to talk more about that. <laughs> I was I, I was probably, other than uh, the six-foot-eight guy uh, uh, who goes by Brian Thoman, who goes by Rusty Nuts, I was probably the next biggest guy, but in the wrong direction. 
So um, <laughs> we're going to go. I'm sure with... you would have seen me. I made myself known there. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I talked a lot in the sessions, too. I think some of the guys wanted to smack me. But go ahead. Why don't you start with your point guard picks? Um, we do need to fill two slots on FanDuel, and then I will throw mine out. We'll look for overlap, and then we'll slot them in. All right, cool. Um, let me just open up FanDuel so I get something going. All right, so I'll start from the very bottom. And right now, the first thing that pops up just looking at would be, seems like maybe Brandon Jennings. I'm not sure how much run he's going to get. He had 29 minutes in his last game on a different team, so we know he can sustain that. But um, the matchup and pace isn't that great, so I would probably just go straight moving past him. But he's he's the uh, first one. I that agree. Pops up. I agree. Go ahead. Cool. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Now, if you're following along with Fantasy Labs, then you could sort this by salary and position and follow along with us. If not, then just sort your FanDuel and look from the bottom up. Well, so and now, one of the things that I really like about Fantasy Labs is I call it the values rise to the top. Um, you know, you'll see a guy that it comes to you rated by the overall rating for whatever model you're looking at. So, you know, like I had never, you know, I'm new to the NBA. I hadn't followed NBA in 15 years before this year. And I decided to wow. do it because I love DFS. And Gerald Henderson one day was on the top. And so I researched him, like, why are you up here? And right. You know, I went on a, a, a run of making money because I had Gerald Henderson in so many of my lineups. But uh, go ahead. I just wanted to give Fantasy Labs another shout out. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's one thing that, you know, sometimes are just hidden. Uh, things that you're, you know, you would look for in your research, but you might just miss. And that's why I do the trends myself because I know that if I'm looking for a specific criteria every time I'm going to look, I don't want to change that process, and I want to make it a little more permanent. So Excellent. that's why I, I make those trends. All right. So uh, let me know when you get to guys that you trust who are also values. All right. So the first thing that really pops out at that price range is Raul Nito. And I know he burned a lot of people last time, and uh, but he's been hitting value very consistently. Uh, Boston's been a little tough against um, against all guards, but I think that he'll be okay because he probably won't be starting, I don't believe. And if he does, the minutes are enough where I could expect, you know, 17 or 18 points, but I really wouldn't go with much upside there. But the pace is fantastic. Yep, so keep going. I would definitely lock him in as a value play. Um, just as low as I would go, I would lock him in. And, you know, just to clarify what, what we do with this value lineup is, we we pick the two absolute cheapest players at the position, and then we'll work our way up from there. So the cheapest players we want to use, lock them in, and then we'll just start upgrading. Okay, right, that's the way you like to do things. No, well, typically, like here, I'll give you an example of what the Mauler and I normally do. We normally come with the names, and I don't mind you looking them up as we go. But if we do it that way, we might not, you know, finish in the hour I got for this. So um, basically, like I would throw out these names. All right. So let me do point guard first and then sure, no and problem. then you can throw in yours. And uh, basically, all right. And I, I'm going to start from the middle down. 
So basically, okay. this is the highest price guy that I feel very comfortable with. And that's Mike Conley. I think with um, Gasol out, his usage is going to go way up, and the price hasn't gotten there yet. I like Reggie Jackson today. I think, again, you talked about Brandon Jennings. I like Jackson because he was t- Jennings was taking 20, 25 minutes. I think that Jackson's going to get a bump, and Washington's a good matchup. I love the Denver guards today, so Moutier is on my list. Archie Goodwin's on my list. Norris Cole's on my list. And my lowest price guy that I like today is Patty Mills. And I think on a back-to-back that Tony Parker is not going to play a ton. And I don't feel as strong as Mills as I do about the other guys. But that's my list at point guard. What are your thoughts? And who do you have anyone else that you would add? All right, great. Yeah, so definitely on a bigger slate. We should get through it a little bit quicker, so sorry about that. But There's um, no worries. This is uh, this is meant to be fun, and I'm having it. Did you say uh, Drew Holiday, or did you just go straight to Norris Cole? Well, uh, Holiday is 7,600, Okay. so he's not in a value situation, but I love Holiday today. All right, great. So, okay, I see what you're saying. You started at Conley, the barriers kind of around that seven seven K range or so. Yeah, so. anything over seven K is not a value. Right. Well, see, that's where I think um, I may I may differ in my opinion of value because I I write an article every week based on value, and what I do is you know I will start at the bottom, and so that's where I tend to focus on, but I still consider someone like. Uh, you know, a Westbrook at $10,000, a good value because you could still expect 50 points in a lot of projections. So you're still getting that 5X value, even though he's $10,000. And, and, you know, that's hypothetical. And, and I, don't dis- that. I don't disagree with that at all. But, for you know, basically what we're trying to do is slot in the lowest price guys that we would feel comfortable having in our lineup. And then okay. look at the overall lineup and see how much money we have left over. But I agree with right. you totally like on, on your concept of value. All right, cool. Well, when it comes to um, players that you chose, um, I you know there really isn't any other other value point guards that I would use. So I really like your list. And unless I see Shelvin Mack popping up, I don't Mack know if he's is, on here. He's on there. He's he's down there. He's uh, what's his situation? Because the the Neto guy, I I I I I don't not want him because of that. But I heard Trey Burke's back. That's why I'm not on Mac or Neto. Right. Well, I don't see him on on fan on a uh, fantasy lab. So let me check Fanduel real quick. I'm very surprised. Okay. He's there. I see him. Mac West. He's. I mean, he's in a he's in a great spot. I just don't know how much run he would get. But when it, if it came to a you know a GPP that I just wanted to mess around with and I had throwaway money, I would consider that if I knew a little bit more information. So besides that, I really wouldn't go with anyone lower. Um, so all I right. Think so of the guys I mentioned, who are your favorite two? Um, even though I don't like going against Patrick Beverly much. I think Archie Goodwin 
and uh, Norris Cole in that area are both in good spots. All right, um, so we're going to pop RG Goodwin at 54 in. and Cole at 52. Great. So, and again, these are placeholders for now. So I'm right. going to let you go first with the shooting guard position. All right, cool. So let's say we – Nick Batum's at shooting guard, and I, I love him, but let's go a little lower than that. So for shooting guard, I'd say the middle of the pack is probably – you know, six low sixes instead of the sevens that we saw with point guard. Correct. So, so I would do. But we're flexible. You know, I, I mean, we're flexible here too. I mean, if you just think Nick Batum is a guy you want to lock in every lineup, and he's seven grand, definitely worth mentioning. So it's not. There's no hard and fast rule. Oh, I, I love I love Batum almost any night he plays that he's under mid mid eight thousand. So. I, I almost always go right to him. Um, I kind of gravitate towards him a lot of the time, and yep. I could definitely see myself just locking him in. Um, I don't know what's going on on the bottom tier, though, so I would definitely let's just continue with the trend of the taking a couple of these value guys first. Sure. So, so what I, I'll do is I'll, uh, if you want to throw it out, go ahead. If not, I, I wrote down for every position my guys. So um, – you know, I'm a, I apologize I didn't explain to do that, but go ahead. Um, do you have any names that jump out at you? Well, yeah, I was just saying um, I was trying to find that, that midline you wanted me to look below. Yep. So, um, Will Barden, I think his price has come down enough and he'll, he gets enough um, points per minute that he's a good option. The Sacramento basically doesn't play defense. They have a very high pace. And then Monte Ellis. As long as he's under 7,000, I like using him. It looks like he's fell off a little bit recently, but I definitely never mind using him because of how involved he gets. Oh, uh, and especially in a matchup against OKC. Exactly. You know, the the pace isn't much higher than Indianapolis runs, but, I mean, Indiana runs, but, um, you know, for, for either one of them, it's a high pace in general, so... I definitely like Monte. He, you know, he plays a lot of the on ball. He plays a lot of point guard, so I don't mind him a lot at all. Rodney Hood, uh, Devin Booker, I like Aflalo. Um Lynn. I'm not sure what's going on in that situation there because the, you know, it really depends on what what's going to happen with the other guards. But uh, Levine too. Even though I, I usually don't like guys against Memphis, but he's been playing so great. He's coming off a win at the dunk contest, so he's looking real good. Besides that, not much unless O.J. Mayo is starting. All right, so I'll throw out my names, um, and then I'll talk about the ones you mentioned. Uh, Devin Booker. Um, Gary Harris is my favorite shooting guard value of the night, um, playing way up in pace. He averages 18.7 uh, fantasy points a game on FanDuel. And I don't look things up easy on FanDuel. So if you just give me one second. What would you like to know? Uh, how, you know, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do the DraftKings thing real quick because it's right, close well, enough. Played in his last six, uh, let's, in his last five games, He's played 36, 39, 40, 38, and 41 minutes. Exactly. So and then, he has been and over then, 35 every time. 
Right. And he's averaged on DraftKings anywhere from 15 to 30 fantasy points. And he is playing way up in pace. So I just, you know, I, I think at 4,600, he's a good value. I've also got a green of Danny Green of San Antonio against the Lakers. Um, another really good up in pace is uh, Alan Crabb. So looking at his minutes, why don't you look up his fantasy points? I'll hit the minutes. So he got 13, for, 24, 24, 16, 10. Um, he was playing a lot better earlier on in the season. I think McCollum's playing very well now, even though Crabb has a lot of minutes. His usage just really isn't there, and you really have to depend on real fantasy points. Yep. and uh, But he's a guy I would consider. And as far as the guys you mentioned, I, I like Barton. I always like Barton. I made money with Barton early in the year when he uh, when Gallinari was out. I also like Monta Ellis. I think his salary has dipped more than it should. So, of those guys, uh, who do you like the best? Well, I didn't see Danny Green while looking through it, but I love Danny Green. Uh, he's from where I grew up. I watched him play since he was in high school. He's getting tons of minutes now with Ginobili out with the, the surgery and all the old guys on the team. So he's getting tons of run. I, You know, him and Gary Harris, you can almost lock them in for those value plays. All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to move over to the small forward position. And while you're getting a chance to look for your value picks, I'm going to throw out mine. So my first one is a guy that I feel always gets overlooked, um, and that's uh, Aminu of Portland. He is a guy who, who gets good run, and again, he is in a great matchup, both from the perspective of, um, well, mostly from the perspective of the game. I mean, this Golden State game, you know, one of the things that I've learned to target from uh, Jeff El Hefe is uh, is road, you know, favored road teams. A lot of times you think it's going to be a blowout, but when they're on the road, they don't blow out nearly as much. So I like Aminu at 5100. I really like Deng at 4800 with both Whiteside and um, what's his name, Bosch out. He's going to be playing some four as well as some three tonight, and he is another one of those guys who's really underlooked. But uh, 26, 40, 28, 32, 29 minutes the last few. Very steady performer overall. And then Matt Barnes, I think, with Jeff Green being traded, is an interesting guy. Who do you have at value for shooting forward, uh, Ben? Well, that's interesting because I used to kind of lump Deng and Barnes together earlier in the year when I was writing about them because they're both high, en- both high energy guys. They both play a ton of minutes and they get a lot of peripheral stats. So you're really not worried about them scoring a lot. With that said, um, I'm I'm not really huge on Matt Barnes today. I do like PJ Tucker in that area with Marquise Marquise Morris gone, so I would definitely look at that going against Houston. That's um, a good one. I hadn't thought of that one. Thank you. No problem. Then we got Stanley Johnson. Um, the, there was some trading going on with their teams, but I think 
I think he's still going to get enough run um, because he's been getting his last games, 36, 33, 37, 44 minutes. Um, I really think they were kind of knew they wanted him more involved in the lineup, so they were doing that before the trades, and I think it will continue. So um, well, I like Stanley Johnson. One of the that's funny because I used to play a lot of basketball. I coached a little bit. I just lost interest um, about ten, twelve years ago. So my first night playing DFS this year, I'm watching Detroit, and I see this young kid, and I'm like, you know, my you know my eye hasn't deserted me. This kid has talent. It's jumping off the screen at me, and it was turns out it was Stanley Johnson. I don't love sure, him it tonight. Was the it, no, it was his talent. His burst in short spaces is very impressive. He's very he's, ve- he's very athletic. So um, you like Aminu, and I liked Tucker. Why don't we stick those two in? Does that sound good? Yeah, no problem with that. Um, Aminu, the only thing that I, uh, when looking at him, that I don't usually like is a lack of upside. So, um that's that's the only thing I'm usually worried about, but I have no problem starting with him there. Well, let me just go nice back. Pace. The matchup's that's, okay. Matchup's okay, and the pace is really good. Yeah, his I see what you mean. He's his high is well. He did have a 39 point game on 129, but in general, you're right. He's 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 uh, what you're exactly what you're saying. So at the right, power forward. At the power forward, pos- at the Sorry. power forward position, I have some guys I really like, so I'm interested to see who's on your list. All right, cool. Well, I love using Thaddeus Young. He's one of these players who always gets overlooked, and I think as long as he's under 7,500, I have no problem using him. And New York just, you know, the Knicks just aren't as good as they were defensively in the beginning of the season. Um, I, I love Zach Randolph. I used him on his very first explosion that one night that he went off just because of I heard that they would be going small and using him a lot more. So I definitely liked liked him, and he's been going off lately. Great matchup, great pace, and um, he's one of the players I would probably just thinking about locking in. But there's always a lot of value, power forwards. So I, I would try to be a little hasty just locking people in. Um, in positions I know there's a lot to to offer. Um, look at him. Georgie Dang's been playing great, but I don't really like his matchup. But then you can't go against the numbers. Uh, let's see. Jabari Parker is definitely a standout. I can use him almost any night that I know he's going to be getting 30 minutes in a good matchup. And then uh, Mirza Toledovic, he, he sticks out to me. Um, cheap price going to get a lot of run, and going against Houston, you know, I, I consider Houston uh, kind of like the New Orleans Saints of basketball. They just don't like playing defense until you get to Dwight Howard. And, but, yeah, that, that's pretty much a, a quick rundown of, of where I would go with that list. All right. So I love Thad Young. I play him a lot. I normally don't like Zebo, but I do love that price, and with Gasol out, I mean, he is a volatile asset. He's one of those guys that, you know, is GPP only for me, but I mostly only play GPP. Um, But I I, I definitely like him today. 
Um, but the guy who, who is the best value on the board for me, well, let me just say, I also love Teletovich. I've locked him in a lot tonight already. But the one value guy that I thought you might have overlooked um, is Stoudemire. Again, with Bosch and what's his name, um, Whiteside out, he's going right, to be forced right. so he to should play be a lot. He's played very well. And, he, you know, the issue with him is how many minutes can he go? But they've got Stoudemire coming back. And his last few games, 13, 16, 16, 17 minutes. But before that, he was 24, 21, 24 minutes when guys were out. And he was putting up on DraftKings 28, 35, 25, 21. So I, oh, I, I love really – What's that? I love Stoudemire. Yeah, it, I'm. I'm just trying to skim through these, and there's there's a lot of players tonight <laughs> with all these games. So I definitely just skipped over his name. But yeah, I could go with him any night. I know he's getting at least 20 minutes, and Atlanta is just awful uh, rebounding wise. So I could I could lock him in no problem. All right, so he's locked. And then if you want to lock Talatovich as the lowest, I'm okay there. And I'm also okay locking in Randolph. I think that, uh, you know, I'm going to let you make that decision on the second guy. Who do you want to stick in there? Uh, Thaddeus Young, Randolph, Dieng. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I would have to just go with Randolph just because he. there's going to be no one on that team that could stand up with him. He's going to bully people. The pace is good for him. He's getting 35 minutes. The, you know, until he's high seven in this matchup, I would play him every time. All right, so we've got him locked in. Now we move to the center position where I've got two names as far as value goes. Uh, there's a lot of interesting people here, but I think Alex Len at 4,600. You've got Markeith Morris gone. You've got, um, you know, I know Wilson Chandler's still there. You talk about Houston. Uh, I think he's a very interesting value. And then the other guy who I really like value-wise, he's been getting very good minutes, is Tyler Zeller. And I've played him at this salary and not really regretted it most of the time recently. And that was with Eddie Olenek in the lineup. And Olenek is out. So those are my two values. Who do you like at the center position for value? All right, well... Just looking at it, um, first of all, when it comes to Alex Len, I, I like him when he's in favorable matchups, but I think this might be a Tyson Chandler night. Um, Interesting. Because, they, because Howard is such a big body, I really don't think Alex Len is going to be able to, to bang down low with him. and He's at least going to maybe get into foul trouble, or they're just going to need to call on Chandler a little bit more. So that, that's just my opinion on that matchup. I like that. That's a good analysis. Ooh, and then also uh, Bogut. I like Bogut going against Portland. The matchup and pace aren't in his favor. Like, he wouldn't just, you know, jump out to you. But um, I think Azili's still hurt. You know, he's going to be getting around 22 to 25 minutes. And at that price, it's definitely high for him. But I, I think he, he would have a decent shot as a um, – a contrarian GPP guy at the bottom. And one other guy I'm going to throw out since we did Randolph, right over kind of that limit we were talking about, 
but I like Al Horford a lot tonight. We talked about liking Stoudemire and how just they have nothing in Miami as far as bigs. You're going to see a lot of McRoberts, maybe some Haslam um, and Stoudemire. I, I like Al Horford at 7,200. And I also like Rudy Gobert at 7,400 against yeah. those horrible Celtic um, front court. So where do you want to go with that? I would pivot to Gobert. All right. All right. So we've got Gobert in. Boston's bad as well against against, um, big guys. And Gobert, whenever he's in a positive pace matchup, always does well. And I've I've been rocking him all week. Yeah, and then you add the fact that he has multiple, you know, with him scoring eight to ten points. Right, right. Um, I'm, I I usually try to stay away from Atlanta players. Um, I really don't like how much Miami slows down games when they play, so there's a lot less shots to go up. So um, those are just a couple of things. You know, the usage is more with Horford, but Gobert, you know, he's going to have a lot easier time to just throw down a couple of easy dunks, grab a couple of rebounds, and I could almost safely project him for a double-double. Awesome. I, I like it. He's definitely on my list. And that's the and that's what building a live lineup is about. It's about finding consensus. You know, we're all going to you and I are going to be making our own lineups. And, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to fit in the guys we like. What's cool about making a live lineup is exactly this. So with the guys we've got in are Goodwin, Cole, Harris, Green, Aminu, Tucker, Stoudemire, Randolph, and Gobert. And we're sitting on $12,200 of available money for upgrades. What's your first thought on where you'd like to upgrade? Uh, can you just run that list by me real quick so I could just put in uh, a, a dummy FanDuel lineup with it so I know where I'm upgrading? Absolutely. Uh, sorry, All right. Tell me uh, when you're ready. Small forward, power forward, please. All right, small forwards, Aminu and Tucker. Okay. Power forward, Stoudemire and Randolph. So in looking at the team, uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to give my analysis of the team. Um, I love our power forward and our center. Um, I think that I would like to upgrade our point guard, at least one of them, um, and maybe one of the small forwards to start and then see where we're at. What's your thoughts? Okay, well, I would probably uh, right away just go straight to Archie Goodwin to upgrade. I know he gets a lot of minutes, but Cole is a starter as well. He usually gets almost 30 minutes, sometimes more, and he's playing Philly. So he's, he's definitely going to gonna get a lot of you know assists and garbage points and stuff like that. So, well, that leads us to little, the question, though. That leads us to the question, do we want to take Cole out for holiday? Hmm. And then if we do that and we upgrade and we need to go back, you know, to get everything we want, we could always go back down to Cole. I like that. And I'm not saying we don't take Goodwin out. I'm just saying from a, you know, a strict Cole Holiday perspective, I mean, look at the shots that Holiday's been putting up on a normal game. I mean, his shots have just been here. Let me find them. All right. Well, um, before we do that, do we want, what do you think about a Conley-Randolph correlation play? You know I like Conley, so I'm okay with that one. So if we, I, pop I like Conley in, if we pop Conley in for Goodwin, 
and we pop Holiday in for Cole, that still leaves us $8,500 to upgrade elsewhere. <laughs> All right. So uh, out of the studs on the uh, – are there any studs that you're really into? Well, I always, always, always love DeMarcus Cousins, and I basically always lock him in. So with, with Gobert in there already at such value, I would have to skip him painfully, but I, I always love him. So I, 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 I find myself playing Cousins more on DraftKings where I have more lineup flexibility. That, that's an interesting point, but sometimes, you know, if you get that, you know, 60, 70 points out of him, it, it kind of – and no one, you know, he's kind of low-owned at center where there's only one center chosen, you have a huge edge on the field. Oh, absolutely. And and don't think that I don't play him on FanDuel. That's not oh, my point. Right. But on days where he's not just jumping off the page at me, the guy who's jumping off the page to me <sighs> – well, I'll throw yeah, out a few names. And I'll throw out a few names, and then you tell me. You know, I think Curry. I think that's going to be a tighter game. I, I like him. I really like Harden today. I think he's overall my favorite stud, and you know, so I really like him. Um, not on Durant. Not on Wall. I do like Anthony Davis today in that matchup, but not in this lineup. Uh, nope. Car- Carmelo, Lillard. So, yeah, on the top-end guys, I mean, Harden is the one that really I like, but I'm interested to your thoughts. All right, well, when Curry played Portland earlier in the year, he had 44 FanDuel points. So I can kind of consider that his floor against them. I don't think he would score less than that again. Was and, that a um, homer or an away matchup? That was – here, let me see. Because they blow people. I know they can blow people out on the road, but there definitely is a difference. Right. That was home. All right. So I don't know if you can see how many minutes he got versus his season average. He might not have played the fourth fourth quarter. Right. That's that's something I would think. Because against Portland, Lower doesn't play good defense if they kept – the game reasonably close, then he would stay in. Uh, let me just—I'm just checking this box score of the last game. Might as well check Lillard while you're there. Okay, one sec. I also like Draymond Green. He's down to 8,400, but I really like our power forward, so I, I feel less. You know, to me, again, it's about upgrading at the positions, you know, like I like but I like Batum at shooting guard. You know, I think I, I, I like Green and Harris, but having both of them, you know, I wouldn't mind upgrading there. I wouldn't mind upgrading right. at small forward either. We don't have to go with a stud. First person I probably would upgrade by looking at the list would be Alfred Aminu. That'd probably be the first guy I would go to, just uh, on an upside wise. Gallinari is interesting at seventy two. Yes. yes. He's one of the people I would definitely look up to. Right, um, so or I think Ariza is sneaky. 
going against yeah, he, Phoenix. He, he, he's so up and down. I mean, yep. you know, it is a GPP, and if you hit it on the head, you know, he gets you 40 points, but he could also just kill your team. Right, right. And I have I like no Gall- problem with Gallo. All right, let's stick Gallo in. And then let's look at which 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 one do you like better, Green or Harris? Green. So if we take Harris out and we go to uh, the guy we both like at Batum, that still leaves right. us 3,900 to upgrade further. Right. Let's see. So if we take Conley out, that doesn't get us to Curry. It would get us to Lillard. Um, just saying. Right. Lillard. We took P.J. Tucker out. We took P.J. Tucker out. That would get us to Paul George and spend the rest of our money. Just not saying we should do that, but that is. Now, if we put in Teletovich. Oh, no, that's power forward. I don't want to do that. Well, well, let me just say uh, Curry had 44 points last game in 28 minutes that they played. And Lillard ended up playing 37 minutes, putting up 27 shots, and had 40 points. Yeah, I mean, again, if we're going to upgrade, um, what did Harden do against uh, – did they play yet, Harden and uh, Phoenix? Uh, let me check that out right now. Are they up in pace, the Rockets, today? I really like, I really like when guys are up in pace. Yeah, especially yeah. a guy like James Harden. Harden and they and he hasn't been playing. Harden they're up in pace two point two. And at shooting guard versus position, he's the number two guy on the board. Phoenix is twenty ninth. Yeah, they, the they don't have anyone guarding the shooting guard. Against the two guard. If we took Danny Green out and put in Harden that would only leave us 2,400. We'd have to go down somewhere else. Unless we put, put Green in, in. If we put Green in for Batum. If we put Green in for Batum. And we, and we went Conley, Holiday, Green, Harden, Gallinari, Stoudemire, Randolph, and Gobert. That would leave us 4,900, which would get us P.J. Tucker at shooting forward who was the guy that we originally had slotted in there hmm. well I think I kind of missed the the last move you made but I made a move and ended up with a hundred bucks if you want to hear how the lineup turned out it looks Ab- absolutely alright so we got Drew Holiday Conley, James Harden Danny Green, Gallinari PJ Tucker Amari Stoudemire, Zach Randolph and Rudy Gobert <laughs> you you know you just repeated back to me what I just said to you. I thought you said you had forty nine hundred left over. No, I yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Before I put in Tucker, who was forty eight. Oh, all right. I already had him in there. That's why. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like the way that looks. I love it. I think it's a very strong lineup. Obviously, you and I are going to need to talk before lock, you know, in case some other value opens up, but. Uh, what I like about this lineup is that, I mean, you know, other than Harden, there's nobody who's super high and there's no one who's super low. Um, I love balanced lineups. So if you're ready 
to for me to hit enter, I will save the changes and that will be our lineup. I can I'm definitely comfortable locking that in. Um I feel like there's a decent amount of upside with enough safety at point guards and uh with Harden that if we you know, if we can get our six X value out of some of those bottom guys, I think we could look at a pretty decent lineup tonight. Yep. And just to go over opportunities, if you know, and this is something that I like to do, just to make sure. So if you take Conley out, we could go Derek Rose instead of Conley. If we take Danny Green out, there is Gary Harris, which we've already decided on. We like Green better. Harden is Harden. Gallinari is not going anywhere. Tucker, um, the hundred bucks doesn't get us anything. Deng is there, but we chose Tucker. Stoudemire, we want. Randolph, we want. And Gobert, we already looked at. So, you know, without completely changing the lineup, there's nothing to change. Well, Other if, than, if we wanted to go that route, first I would say Derek Rose is on a back-to-back. So I didn't even trust him yesterday. So today I'd be a little iffy, but he does have better upside finally. And you could look right below that with Reggie Jackson with uh, Brandon Jennings not there. And we know he has 50-point upside. That's see, I like Jackson. Thing. I like Conley. I love Jackson tonight. And I normally don't like Jackson but the reason I normally don't like Jackson is Brandon Jennings. Right. So, so what do you I'm, think about that? I prefer it. Okay, I'm down with that. I mean, I you know, I'd hate to be wrong, but let's just double-check everything. Let's look at the two players a little more in depth. All right, well, you know so, what? I, I, have a, I have a good idea. You're putting that lineup in on your account. I'm actually entering it on my account as well, so – uh, one of us uses Conley, one uses Reggie, and whatever happens, happens. All right, I'll pop in for Reggie. Cool. So you like Reggie already? Same, I'll throw Conley in, and let's see what we come up with tonight. You got and it. And by the way, I, I do I do hedge lineups sometimes like that, where you know if I'm if I'm entering it in a few different contests, sometimes I will make one or two changes just to be slight, and because you never know, you know, one of those guys could go off for 50 while the other has 20. I I absolutely think that that is smart. I do the same thing. Um, the other one I'm going to go and tweak a little bit is I'm going to take Tucker out and put Dang in somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, on my end. But uh, the our lineup, the one that uh, is going in that we're going to split is the one with Jackson. Uh, unless you want to talk about something different, we could talk about that off air. But... If not, um, it's been like a it. pleasure having you on the Run to Daylight podcast. I hope you had a good time. And I did. Thank you very much. Oh, it was my pleasure. Maybe we could do it another time. And in your honor, we're going to leave with this song or a good part of it by Bob Marley. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the Run to Daylight podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Just seated in Mount Zion. It rules all creation here where we're charming.
hope you I hope you like a diamond 